Hello and welcome to the Writing Your Best Self podcast with me, Georgina Elmashady. Journaling is an incredible self-improvement practice that will help you cultivate the introspection and self-awareness you need to become your best self. Each week, we explore tried and tested techniques along with journaling prompts to help you dig deeper into yourself so you can leverage the wisdom within to achieve your biggest goals and create your best life. Let's get writing. Hello everyone and welcome back to the latest episode of Writing Your Best Self and this week it's another in our interview series and I am really excited to introduce you to the amazing Adriana Monique Alvarez. Now Adriana is the CEO and the founder of AMA Publishing and in her work she empowers women to start highly profitable publishing companies. She's also a best-selling author herself and she's been seen in the likes of Forbes, Huffington Post, etc. She has an amazing story. And I'm not going to give away too much in this intro because I really want you to tune in and, and listen to it. But as you'll hear in the conversation, it was it was a perfectly timed conversation. We explored the beautiful topics of how you can discover your story, how you can access your wisdom, your inner wisdom through your writing and journaling and sacred storytelling. We talked about the synchronicities in life and how things happen and show up in a perfection of timing to guide you on your next steps and really give you the, the things you need to be your best self in, in your life. I, I learned so much from this conversation with Adriana. It just filled my heart and I just I really can't wait for you to tune in and listen to it yourself because I have a feeling that there's going to be some magic that's going to come out of this conversation for you too. So I can't wait to pass you over to Adriana so you can sink into this beautiful conversation. So Adriana, I am so excited to welcome you to the show today. Like I know you're going to have some really interesting, exciting things to talk about. So welcome. And Thank you so much. You're more than welcome. And I, I would love to, there's so many different angles that I feel like drawn to, to go down, but I would love to start off by exploring you're into publishing and you help women write books etc like what is it what got you into writing in the first place like what what was what was your journey to to get to this place where you were not only sharing your own stories but helping other women share that it's so interesting you should ask me this today because there is something that came into my awareness and I've never shared before so this is like this is exciting how how I arrived at this place of writing, I was 18 years old and I had already graduated high school and it was right before I went overseas to be a volunteer in orphanages. And there was this group of people that I was kind of meeting and getting to know. I was in that in-between place and I found out that every Friday night they got together and they shared what they wrote. They shared poetry or songs and they were all writers And I so wanted to be part of this group. And I attended every week and they would ask me, do you have something to share? And I would tell them, I'll have it ready next week. And I would go to write and I could sense it within me. I knew it was there and I could not uncover it. I could not access it. And I remember how excited and how inspired I was by their writing and how frustrated I was that I could not get mine out. And this took me on a journey. It ended up being 
25 year journey of me accessing my voice. And when it began to come to the surface, actually, was after I had my children. And I was able to access more of myself through that initiation of motherhood. And it began to be simple things that I would write for myself. And then when I transitioned my business online, social media became my channel. And that is where I began to share it. And from there, it evolved into to books and writing for publications and all the rest. Wow. Wow. And I loved how you said that you could feel it inside and that you were holding your hand on your chest when you said that. So I'm curious, can you, can you remember back? Can you explain how it felt to know that there was something inside? What did that feel like? What's that experience? On the one hand, it felt so, I, I felt like there was something great within me. Right. I, I was young and I was also in that place where anything is possible that place where you can do anything with your life. And now what I realized is we're always at that place. Whether we're 18 or 40 or 72. And so I had this feeling of like infinite possibilities, but also this, ah, what is the key? What is the way? How do I unlock it? And for a long time, I thought it was outside of me. Mm -hmm. And then what I discovered is it's never the key is never outside of us. It is always within. That's so true. Yeah, totally, totally understand that. And I love what you were saying there. And I actually closed my eyes when you said that point of this, you know, this notion of possibilities and greatness and you felt it when you were 18. And then you said like, but it's always there. That notion that it's always there for us if we're, if we're kind of able and willing to go to that place. So I'm curious, back then you were saying that this stuff that was inside you wasn't coming out through writing, but was it coming out in other places, in, in other ways, in other forms of expression? Good, good question. I, I was going to say no, and then I caught myself. <clears throat> the way it came out at that time is through the work I did with children. And so I found myself at 20 years old in a state-run orphanage in Albania, the Kosovo crisis had just happened. Many children were now without their parents. And this orphanage was so short-staffed. I was the only adult, if you wanted to call me that, at that stage that was there 24 hours a day. And I found that because I didn't know Albanian yet, I quickly learned it because of the children. But in the beginning, we didn't have verbal language. We had body language. We had eye contact. We had this ability to read each other's emotions because I had to find a way to communicate in a new way. That's where it came out. I was able to express my love and my concern and my joy and my connection to them in new ways because I had to, I had to find another way to build a bridge with these children. Oh, that's such a beautiful answer. And so it feels like what you're saying is that thing inside, it wasn't just words. It was actually emotion, like feeling some sort of expression, which, and you're right, and because sometimes words can be quite thin and quite superficial if they don't have that depth of emotion kind of wrapped around it and locked underneath it. So I love that this experience you had in, in the orphanage was the thing that started to build that bridge out. That's such a beautiful way of describing that, this bridge and the nonverbal piece. So maybe we can just explore that a little bit mm. in terms of the nonverbal stuff. What impact does that have on us, on our self-expression and getting to know who we are? Mm. 
So good. And you know, as I, as you said it like that, when I realized what was locked within me was this knowing that I had something to contribute. Wow. And when we recognize, oh, you know, I am not here to work a job or take the trash out or to check off the list that society gives us. I'm actually here because there is a gift within me and this is my contribution. And that, that is actually when I began to realize that I'm here for a different reason than maybe, you know, I had been led to believe or that I had first thought. And this, this path of uncovering all of this and going within, honestly, the, the greatest gift I had was these years overseas, thousands of miles away from my home country, from my family of origin, from all of the familiar things and people who could define me. Right. And I had just myself and this space to ask myself, and how do you want to define yourself? Who is it that you are? And what will you do with this life that you have? Wow, that's that's so potent, that notion that taking yourself away from everything that you know, everything that can define you, so you find yourself in the situation where you get to look inside to define yourself. Do you think you made that, was that a conscious choice? Like you need that, that or is, or maybe it was a soul, a soul truth, a soul level truth, essentially. That's what it was. I think it was a soul level truth because honestly, at the time, it made no sense uh, for anyone around me. And at times, I thought, this sounds a little bit crazy. I'm this small town girl. <clears throat> I come from a town of 7,000 people, and we're like eight hours from any city. So yeah. we are in the middle of nowhere. It was like I was raised in the village. Um, everyone I am related to and everyone I grew up with, they all stay here. They marry the neighbor. They do their thing. It's a big deal if people like go to the capital or leave the county. And I had from a very young age, from five years old, actually sitting in this very house that I live in now, my grandmother gave me the gift of National Geographic. And I knew for sure that I would see the world and that I would go on those adventures and that's what I chose to do after I graduated. And everyone thought she, that I would go to college or I'd marry the neighbor. And I didn't do any of the above. God, I've got so many singles just hearing you say that. Like, isn't that amazing how there are just certain people in our lives who just give us something that seems so ordinary in the moment, but it's this monumental piece of the puzzle that sparks and inspires something. I had a teacher who used to come back from her holidays every year and tell us about the places she'd been to. And it was like, oh, I want to go there too. I want to go to these places. And and sometimes we need those external influences, don't we? Or those something, something different to take us out of that status quo or kind of nudge you off the path that you would have taken if you hadn't had those influences. Um, and I love the fact that you described this path that you've been on that is very separate from the expectation and how that's just opened up this whole different experience for you. I think that's just that's just magic. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. So what, what happened? What happened next? What was the kind of next, the next step on the journey to really discovering yourself? You know that it's an interesting twist to the story and I am only now um, fully seeing it and appreciating it. So 
as you can imagine, I, I did this work. And at some point, um, people began to ask me, well, how long are you going to do this? You know, sort of when are you going to grow up and get on with your life? When are you going to get a job, get a degree, get married, have children? And I began to feel the pressure of those things closing in on me. And at age 27, I returned to the U.S. And coming back into our culture after living a completely different life and having our eyes open to different things, it is one of the most, it it was one of the most dramatic dramatic and eye-opening experiences I ever had seeing my own culture for the first time, because before that I couldn't see my culture. It was just how it was. Mm -hmm. And I began to see what people valued and how they lived and what their day-to-day was. And I didn't want it. And yet I was told, you know, this, this is what it looks like. This is, this is what you do at this age. And so I, began to explore how it could look for me. I I could not bring myself to get a job. I, I actually had a job once for three days. Um, I'm sure my father was so proud when I called him and said, I quit. I just can't do it. I just could not put myself into that box, especially because I'd been, you know, in this free spirit of travel. Um, as As fate would have it, I ended up meeting my husband on a blind date about three months after this and we started a business together and I learned the skills I would call it the skill set that makes one valuable in this society I I learned how to create an exchange I learned how to make money I learned how to provide something of value in the marketplace but what I have realized this year is that is actually not who I am I learned how to be very good at it I have mastered a skill set, but it is not who I am at my core. Can you say more about that? And I love this notion that actually it's this hindsight piece often, right? It's the hindsight piece when you're able to look back at events through that lens of knowing how things actually panned out that you start to understand what was really going on. So I'd love for you to just dive into that a bit more. What, you know, what did you actually discover about yourself through that? I, I discovered I was incredibly capable and resourceful. I could figure anything out. And what I have discovered this year is that I I checked off the boxes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I I did the thing. And now everything within my soul, just like I was called to Albania, everything within me is now calling me to this practice of being the storyteller, the oracle, and the spiritual guide that brings myself and others back to the connection to self and to God and everything that is in the universe that brings us back to love. Well, how does that feel to like declare that as an identity? Yes. You said it so perfectly. It (laughs) is declaring it as an identity. And I have to tell you, I have only declared this as an identity in the last seven to 10 days to, you know, two or three people. And it's so powerful because every voice in my head was telling me, oh, if you do that, guess what? The 12 years that you took to 
build up this other identity to prove yourself that you are capable, that you're professionally deserved to be paid this money, that you are X, Y, and Z, that is going to be undermined. That is going to be ruined because now people are going to question, right? That this this lowers all of that. And I I, I was facing my own pride. That's really what I was. Right. I, I was in this wrestling match with my pride, with how others perceive me. And you know what I realized? I could not deny the deepest parts of my soul. So be it. This is who I am. This is my full self and soul expression. Love me or leave me, but this is who I am. Wow. Well, this is why we're having this conversation today, because... <laughs> This is the declaration, which um, is just amazing. Like, it's, so, it's so powerful when you know at that soul deep level like, who you are in the moment. Like, it's just the most empowering, liberating thing because then everything can unfold from that true place, that core place, rather than you're trying to patch things together or keep going down the path that you think you should. Because as you say, you've got 12 years of experience behind you. It's like, you're crazy to let that go. But hey, what if those 12 years was preparing you for this particular moment in time where you now become the sacred storyteller and the oracle and you help people come back to their truth like wow so I want to know tell me more about the oracle what does that mean for you Mm. what does that mean to you good question so I have always had this connection to you know there's a lot of words that you could use to describe it but to something outside of me out something otherworldly something that's beyond what we can taste, touch, feel, and see. And it has guided me a lot through my business and through my life, through my travels. Um, and it's it's the sort of thing that can no longer be an aspect of me that is in the shadows or behind the scenes. And really what it is is saying, you know what? I, I receive messages. I, I'm an angel messenger. I receive messages from ancestors, from angels and guides. And so I'm going to deliver this. And so that it can be of the most service to everyone who hears it, not just for me. I just want to acknowledge what it actually takes to, to own something like that, because I think a lot of us find it easy to own like the tangible skills. Oh, I'm good at, I'm good at reading. I'm good at spreadsheets where I'm good at I'm good at cooking etc all the things that are very tangible we can put our hands on them but to be able to kind of own this communication channel that's that's a different kind of ownership because we can't actually see it and then we've got to overcome all our own feelings of doubt and and judgment and all these kind of things which then starts to clutter things up but I'm totally with you I feel that these times we're in right now we're being called to hear the things that are in the ethers, the things that are harder to explain and harder to pin down. And it feels like it's part of our evolution, our, like our spiritual evolution, where we recognize we we can receive these messages. So I'm like, oh my God, it's so exciting. <laughs> it's <laughs> very exciting to hear you say this. It, it does. And, and I have to tell you, there's another layer to this. Because five years ago, I was, I had an encounter I, you could say with another guide and I began receiving instruction and then I became pregnant 
and I had a full term stillbirth. And after that, I realized, oh, this experience and the continued guidance that came from this being, it opened me up to so much more than I ever had because we have such our... Our human selves and our minds need to understand and put things in boxes and labels. And what I realized is that Nina came to me so that I could realize how real the other side is and also how it is it is not that separate. And one of the things that she asked me to do this year was to put together an oracle card deck. And so I had received messages from her for myself and for how to move forward and make dis- different decisions in my business. But to re- to put myself in a position to receive her guidance for an Oracle card, I had 44 cards I was to create. And I did not know what it would look like or how this dance would be. And it was absolutely incredible the, the ways the messages came in and the events and the serendipitous moments. And the 44 cards were created in about, 17 or 18 days. Wow. And it was so clear. And I just got, oh, yes, a new layer, a new level of how to work with this and how to dance with it. Wow. And that story is, is so beautiful. It's so poignant. It's, it's heartbreaking as well. And I mean, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing that. And also for just showing the, the level of awareness you can you couldn't choose to pull out of that, 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 which must've been like the hardest, the hardest experience as well. Yes. I have found that, you know, it, it took me to the depths. And, but what I learned was when, when you are put in the deep waters, you can no longer be satisfied with surface level solutions or thoughts or ideas. Wow. And it, and in those deep waters, I accessed the deeper parts of my soul and the deeper wisdom that is we all have access to. But sometimes life brings us face to face with it so that we can begin to work with it. And what I found, too, is there are so many gifts that the death, the loss, the grief, there are many gifts and gems in those. And those are additional initiation points we we often celebrate the birth of a child and we so struggle with the death of a loved one but both are incredibly beautiful and they are passageways into a new beginning Mm -hmm. this is part of what i was able to navigate and and while the you know like you said the broken heart and the the physical human motherness of it all had to be processed. It did allow me to see there, there is more to the other side. There is more to this experience. And guess what? Mm-hmm. It never ends and we're never separate. And once we realize that, it makes every single day, it allows us to look through a different lens. That's so beautiful. That's, that is just so beautiful and so empowering. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. And I want to ask you about initiations because you've mentioned that a few times now that there were these key moments in your life that became these initiations. 
that feels very ceremonial and very potent. Can you talk a little bit about the value of those moments and how we can identify them in our own lives? Mm. Oftentimes for me, in my observation, initiations are, they can stretch us. So they, we might experience feelings of, oh, this is, this is bigger than me. This is more than I can handle. This is heavy. This is deep. And we also, through those experiences, realize I'm more capable than I ever thought. I did it. I came through it. I figured it out. And one of the things that came through the other day in my writing was these initiations are so that we continuously come back to this truth of absolutely nothing is bigger than our spirit. Nothing is bigger than me. And every initiation is an invitation for us to see that clearly. Yes, you might expand, you might grow. You know, becoming a mother was a huge initiation. Losing a child, a huge initiation. In each one, we begin to realize our power. We begin to tap into, oh my goodness, that greatness that we sometimes for a minute can feel and know. I... I just expanded that. Now, how can I work with it? Mm-hmm. I'm curious. I'm curious to know why. Why do you think we need initiations? Or these moments to remind us of our power. Why is it so easy to lose sight of that connection and that depth? Mm. I think it's easy to lose connection to ourselves and to others and to all that is because. We are not always being raised with people who have that connection. Right. Right. So if we look at our parents, we look at our teachers, we look at leaders, they are not always connected to this deep truth and to themselves. They might, somebody might have talked them out of it. Somebody might have told them, actually, you aren't that good. You aren't good enough. Somebody has chipped away at who they are. And so now that is who they, they believe them, bottom line. Mm -hmm. And so we come into this world whole, absolutely creative geniuses knowing the truth of who we are, and every influence around us either enhances that or diminishes it. And we choose to believe who we choose to believe. And so I believe that life gives us these gifts of initiation to go, no, this is a reset moment. Come back. Mm -hmm. Remember. Come back to wholeness and remember who you are. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that you use the word remembering. Because as you say, we came in with it all. So what is that balance in life then between remembering and then also expanding? How much of it are we just going back to where we started and how much are we expanding going forward? So for me, they're one and the same because when I remember who I really am and I remember how loved and supported I am, when I remember that everything on this planet provides for me, when I remember everyone is doing the best that they can, it's incredibly expansive. 
it's like you can feel there's more space and oh, and I can go deeper. So there's a part of us that has to unlearn the things that happen in the in-between. But yes, expansion, once you become aware and you have enough touch points of your truth and who you are, expansion is inevitable. Right. I love that notion of finding those touch points, those references, so that you've got somewhere to hold on to every time you kind of lose yourself. It's like, oh, no, no, that's who I am. Get get back there, then you can expand from that point. Um, would you like to share some uh, some information or just some insight? How how does your writing practice? What what role does your writing practice have in enabling you to expand and evolve in, in the way you've been describing? Mm. You know, my writing practice is how I, I would say it's like unlocking new doors within, right? Mm-hmm. So if I, I remember one time we were in Italy and my husband got us this tour in this huge palace. It was massive. It was room after room after room. And writing for me, it allows me to go, oh, wow. And there's another room. And there's another room. And there's actually more that I know, and there's more that I have to give and more I want to explore. And so my writing practice, it allows me to stay out of autopilot. Mm -hmm. It allows me to stay curious and adventurous and to realize there's always more. This is is the thing of it. We're, We're never done. And that's the exciting part. So my writing practice allows me to do that. And it also allows me to hone some things. Sometimes we have these various experiences and then we begin to see that there's a pattern or there's a repetition and we get to see, begin to connect the dots through my writing. I begin to identify, oh yes, I keep coming back to this. This is important. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I I love this piece about trying to stay off autopilot because you're right. If we're not kind of intentional or mindful or conscious of of stuff we can end up just repeating patterns over and over again that aren't necessarily serving us so in in your writing practice how like what what are some of the techniques you use like how how do you actually take yourself there because I know a lot of people struggle with this they you know they want to be writing but they actually don't they just can't crack that thing open to know how to get there how to get to the places that have become meaningful and open new doors so what are some of the ways that you make that happen for yourself so what I have found is that Creating the environment or setting the stage is so important, right? And and a lot of this is through rituals. So as one example, the way I wrote my first book is that I selected a coffee shop that I just felt the beauty of it and the atmosphere and the ambiance. It was just so perfect for me. I was so inspiring. And so I I told Derek, I'm going to go write every single day when the boys nap. So as soon as they fell asleep, I left the house. I went to the coffee shop. I picked out my little pastry. I picked out my tea. I sat at the same table. You know, I looked out the same window and I told myself, oh, yes, there's all of these senses, right? I could taste it. I could smell it. I could see it. It's time to write. What does this make you feel? And it just began to go into this practice. I did that every single day. And so it's almost like muscle memory. Everything within me, every cell in my body what knew, oh, when we step into this place and we do these things, it's time. Mm-hmm. What I do on a daily basis, I find that nature is really key. Uh, 
I, I do believe that nature is the, the cure for it all. It is for whatever ails us. It is the answer. Putting our feet on the ground, letting the sun hit our face, listening to water, going in the water, anything that can allows, allow us to be in nature, not for a few minutes until we, our brain gives up the nonstop chatter and we're actually immersed and begin to feel the rhythm of the earth. This is really, really key. Why do you think that's so key? What is it about that connection? Our modern lifestyle takes us out of our natural sink and rhythm. Right. And for most people, they don't even know they're out of whack. They don't even know they've lost that connection and that rhythm. But I'll tell you, the best thing that anyone could do is to go spend two or three days where there is no service, there is no way to be contacted, and you are in nonstop contact with the earth. It literally resets the entire nervous system, the circadian rhythm, the way you sleep, the way you think, the way you, ah, it's like that your entire being can take a deep breath. And all of a sudden, your awareness is in a whole new place. And it's actually only then that you realize, oh yeah, that other, mm, that this and this and that, it's not good for me. It's hard on my system. The other thing that I love to do is quiet time, space where there's nothing. And I know this is like, sometimes sounds a little bit crazy. Like, well, how do you do that when you're raising children, homeschooling, homesteading, running a business, all this. But for me, this is the thing I do first. Right. I lay on the floor in absolute silence and I breathe and I begin to hear my own heart beating and oh there's a sensation on my lower back and oh this these socks are so soft and warm and I just begin to get completely present with this moment. And what does that presence do for you? Oh something will fly in. There's space between the notes right there's right. space between the to-do list and the schedule and the calendar and that is when our higher self this divine guidance can come in and you literally you don't know where it came from but boom you get a thought you get an idea you get a title you get a person something pops in and you just you know what to do with it you get up you write you do the thing you have that next action that just seems like it just makes sense to take that next step. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like your practice has got a lot to do with like that reconnection piece and then yes. creating the space so that you're writing. It sounds like you're writing from then from a, a different place entirely. So the access yes. you get, the insights, the wisdom that is bubbling up is from somewhere so much deeper. Yes, you can employ every strategy under the sun to help with writer's block, to help with this and that and the other. But if we're disconnected from ourself, it won't work. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the connection with self, that, that sounds, yeah, I'm connected with myself. Of course I am. But what, 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 what do you mean by that? And how do you know when you're connected with yourself? Mm-hmm. So there are signs of connection and signs of disconnection. For a, one example, when we feel 
tension or stress or anxiety or panic or discomfort of any kind. These are, there's nothing wrong with this. It's just a sign of disconnection. It's a sign of I'm moving too fast. I'm moving ahead of my body. I'm, I'm going backwards or I'm trying to go forward too fast. I'm actually not right here. Signs of connection are, are having peace and bliss and joy and laughter, appreciation, gratitude, being able to sleep well, being able to sit down and taste my food and actually notice who am I eating this food with and what do they mean to me? So disconnection is so accepted mm-hmm. that we don't even realize it's a problem oh mm-hmm. we just eat on the go we haven't talked to the people we love for how long we just go go we're exhausted exhausted to our core and yet we we don't know how to say no or how to stop or how to change it and rearrange it right so this is what i say connection is is where i i'm actually listening to my body i i need a nap I need a rest. I need a day off. I need something to eat. I could really benefit from a walk. The sunshine sounds so wonderful. Oh, just to play with the kids, to go on a date. It's listening to what all of us is asking for physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, instead of denying it, avoiding it, ignoring it, and just pushing through. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I guess from that place of connection, there's a whole different level of conversation to be had with yourself and inspiration from that place is different too. And I guess even the writing practice, because I think that can often be the temptation with you know, something like journaling, which we all know is a, is a really good practice to dive into. But if it's coming from that place of, oh, something I've got to tick off now, right? Done my journaling, thick. It's, um, it's, it's just doesn't have the same level of substance and insight that you can access if you're able to come at it from this this deeper, more connected place. And Absolutely. I, I do feel that we're in this age right now where this reconnection with self, like knowing, remembering who we are, I think it's there's something, there's something in the air right now, I feel, around this piece. I'm curious to know, like from your perspective, what do you think that represents? What is that? What does that mean on a like a on a wider scale, on like a consciousness scale? Oh my goodness, we have this beautiful global invitation right now. As a collective, we get to ask right now, do I really want to spend two hours in my car on my way to my job? Do I actually like this work? Do I enjoy any person that I spend all day with? Do I do I want to go eight hours without seeing my children? Do I want someone else educating them? Is this what I want for my life? Is this where I saw myself? Does this mean something to me? Am I fulfilled? Am I making a contribution? What am I leaving to the next generation? What really matters? This is where we are as a collective. This is allowing us. This this that's happening was a giant stop and step out of autopilot, expectations, habits, and ask yourself, if it's really what you want. So this is allowing us to, uh, some might look around and go, oh my gosh, it is so fearful and frightening and we've never experienced this. 
And yet the beauty of it is we have never experienced it. We have never had such an opportunity to raise our vibration, to redefine what matters and to look ourselves in the mirror and be honest about what this life is about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting that right almost at the beginning of our conversation, we were talking about how your decision to go to Albania, for example, was right off that being track out of the status quo it feels like like your entire life has had this pattern of breaking out of the norm like setting a new path representing a new possibility like that just feels from what you've spoken about today there's this real beautiful thread that flows through everything so I love that we're now in this place where there's this global invitation to do that as you say and you're right like just really revisit what we care about what's important um and what a great question to explore in your journal as well right these kind of really deep questions like and give yourself permission to to go to those deeper places to discover what you really want who you really are it's, it's just so powerful so powerful and i i would love to steer our conversation into sacred storytelling because i feel that that's almost like the next step once you've been able to express for yourself and you you find your your writing tone and you're able to extract the stuff from within for you. And then we move into this outward expression piece, like sharing what we've discovered with others and sacred storytelling. That's just such a cool phrase. I love it. So what does that mean to you and how does that factor into the work that you do? Mm. What it means to me is it's this transition from sharing what we know or conveying information, communicating on a level that is very intellectual to dropping it down and becoming the storyteller who speaks from the heart, who from a place of connection knows that they're bringing the wisdom from the past and the future to this moment. I love how you said that. Bringing the wisdom from the past and the present, in, sorry, the past and the future into the present. I love that. that that's a sacred storyteller. And that's, this is how... I operate in my business. It's how I get clients. It's how people find me is I dedicate this time to come to a place of connection, ask what's mine to share, tell the stories and people, when they hear it, they either know, oh my gosh, she's the one I've been looking for, or that's not for me. Right. And so this is also what I teach my clients. If you can operate at a deeper level, and you can speak and and share in this way. Because this is the other thing too in business. It's often, this is what I know. And this is what you get. And this is how much it costs. But in sacred storytelling, we're adding another layer. We're letting people know who they are doing business with. Mm-hmm. How this person does business. Mm-hmm. What are their values? And so that's what I teach my clients is if you're willing to allow others into all of that, not only does it allow business to feel differently, mm-hmm. the relationships I have with my clients are different because this is not just a transaction. Right. What does it become if it's not a transaction? Mm-hmm. It, it is actually a relationship. And this is how I look at it is that I believe that Before we came, we had, we created a soul contract with certain people who would help us along Mm -hmm. in fulfilling our greatest work and to becoming all that we could be. 
And so the way I see it, and I tell people this, if you're listening to my things and you're working with me, it's because we contracted to do this together. I promise to support you and you promise to support me in order to evolve further, like you said, and to raise our consciousness and raise our vibration and to do the thing we came here to do. I love, I love how you've connected that back to, to soul and how, how empowering is that, knowing that the right people come in at the right time and it's, there's a deeper connection and just like a financial transaction, as you say, there's something connected in ways we can't even understand. And why, why is storytelling, like sacred storytelling, why is storytelling almost the gateway that makes that kind of relationship possible? Storytelling is as ancient as, you know, civilization. And the thing of it is, I think it's so powerful and such a gateway because once I can listen to you and, and I am saying within myself, oh, me too. And mm-hmm. I establish that we have something in common mm-hmm. and that I can relate. Then I have opened up at a deep, deeper place. It's, it's not the information that's moving me forward. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's this feeling that you understand me mm-hmm. and you relate to me mm-hmm. and I trust you. Mm-hmm. And how do you know what stories to tell? Mm. <laughs> it's a good question. They come to me. That, that's the best way I can say it. Literally. Um, I will get an idea or I'll have a. I'll, I'll, I'll recall a memory like I did about that Friday night poetry reading. Um, but the way that I, re- everyone receives in a different way, but I mainly receive at 3 a.m. in the stillness of the morning. And that's when my daughter will drop ideas to me. Something about 3 a.m. I've heard lots of people say that, like even Wayne Dyer, I'm sure it was Wayne Dyer, even says that time, there's something about that time that something is alive and awake. If, if, um, Unfortunately, I'm not that kind of, like, I, I never wake up at that time, but that, there's something potent about that hour. So that's, that's beautiful that your daughter comes in with, with the messages for you and the, and the stories to tell. How, how beautiful is that? And so what, do you write them down at that point or are you I just do. conscious that you do? I do. Um, I write it down right then. I keep uh, my, my, note, my notes open on my phone so I don't even have to turn on the internet or anything. Um, and then also I have a ton of like little, you know, notebooks like this that I keep everywhere. As soon as I get it, I write it down. I love that. That's such a good, like, not that we want to talk about strategies, but in terms of having receptacles around to capture the inspiration, it's almost like this expectation piece. Like you're expecting things to come. You're ready when they are. Then, 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 rather than, you know, it's like you try to remember in your mind. You're assuming oh, no. It's- because oftentimes I'll fall asleep right after I get it. Like this morning I got, I wrote it down right here in my notes and I, I put it right in my phone and I fell back to sleep. And if I don't do that, it will, it will slip away. So do you actually get just, is it like a story outline or do you get a piece? Do you, do you write a piece? Like what kind of things come I, through? You actually write the whole piece. Sometimes I'll get a whole chapter or a whole piece one of the things that I, I set the intention before I went to bed that uh, I'm starting on a new platform and I, I can upload four meditations. But when I had my quiet time, it didn't feel like I would do sort of the typical meditations that people would hear as almost like an affirmation. So I set the intention before bed, allow these four pieces to come to me and then it showed up. 
Do you want to share a little bit? Sure. I'm, sure. I'd love to hear something that comes. I'd love to hear something, please, if that's okay. <laughs> Absolutely. So I, I mentioned this earlier, so we'll go back to this. I am bigger, comprised of love and light, as expansive as the sea, unlimited and divine. The entire universe is in me. The heights and depths are mine to explore. I am free. I am bigger than anything. Loss, death, and grief, you will not overtake me, for I am greater than anything. Hopelessness, fear, and despair, I breathe in and I expand my heart until I'm bigger than all you are. Disappointment, heartbreak, and pain, there are gifts and treasures for me to gain. I see myself through the eyes of God. I remember who I am. I feel the stars that guide me home. Each time I am tempted to believe that it is all greater than me, more than I can handle, too heavy for me to bear, I return to the truth of who I am. No matter what I face, I am bigger than it all. With each breath, I access more of me, the wisdom in my bones, the secrets of my soul. I am bigger than it all. I slay my demons and face my fears. I celebrate today and I smile at tomorrow because I am bigger than anything. Wow. I love that. I've never thought of that notion before that you're bigger than everything in that sense that you can contain everything and you have the capacity to hold all of it. Like that's, that's such a, that's such a beautiful message. Thank you so much. I'm so glad that you can read it. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. <laughs> Thank you. That's beautiful. Um, so for anyone listening who is like, I really want to access something like that, something that deep, like, is there a, like a question prompt or something that someone can take into their journal to, to crack something open? If there was a question, what would it be? Mm. You know, I want to, to share this one thing because when people hear like, oh, I, I speak with angels or with guides or ancestors, it almost feels like you need to go to school to learn this or you need some sort of qualification or someone to deem you worthy of it. But this is something, even if you've never done it before, you could just say, you know what, I'm open to this. And so one of the journal prompts that you could, you could do is, is just show me what I'm not seeing. Share with me something for this day. Another thing that you can do is you can say, what is most alive in me now? And when I begin to write about what is most alive in me now, it begins to take me down this beautiful path. And I don't know how to describe it, but when you do it, it opens up an entirely new field for you to play in. Those are the best questions, right? The best questions are the ones that take you down a tangent you've never been to before and crack something open. It's what you're saying about that big palace with all the rooms that you think you know everything and then suddenly it's like, whoa, actually, no idea. And that's where the magic comes up, right? So that's such a beautiful question. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. I would love to know, anyone's listening now, they're like, oh my gosh, I need to know more about this woman. What, what are you what are you working right right now what's what's most present in your world that we can come check out mm. so I'm wrapping up my oracle card deck that I'm super excited about and once a month I'm doing two hour intensives so anyone who wants to go deeper on storytelling or connection to spirit 
I just, and the, the great thing is, is even after the events are, are over, the recordings are available on my website. So that's what's um, happening. And then I'm also releasing a book on my birthday, which is December 12th. And it's a book that is featuring soulful entrepreneurs and how they're navigating this time and how we, how do we lead forward? Wow. That sounds, that sounds fascinating. I'm excited about that. And have you decided the name for the Oracle deck yet? Or is, is that still? Yes, actually. Okay. So there, the name of it is um, the wisdom of Nina. And oh. I'm looking at my phone right now because I don't want to mess up the, the, um, the subtitle. So, oh, okay. This is what it is. Nina's wisdom, illuminated guidance for your best day ever. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that you've honored your, your daughter as well in the name. That's, that's just, that's so beautiful. Wow, I can't wait to see. So what is the time scale for that one? I can't wait to see this. Oh my goodness. Well, I have a call next week. So I think we will be able to roll this out by the end of the year. And have you done the, have you been working in partnership with someone for the, for the drawings or is that something you've been doing? Yes. Yeah. So I'm working with this amazing lady, Stephanie, and I give her my ideas and I even could give her some photos and she put it all together and we go back and forth until it's just so and it has the elements we want, but yeah. Wow incredible oh, so fun so fun to be creating something like that so exciting oh thank you so much this is this has been a really amazing conversation i really appreciate your time i've loved all the things we've discussed you're, you're amazing you have so many just so many powerful insights so thank you so much for for sharing this time with us and put all the links in the show notes so anyone who wants to come come and say hi they'll be able to find those links there thank you it's been my pleasure i appreciate you having me you're welcome Right, everyone, that's a wrap. See you soon. Take care. Bye.